Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Dominique and I are here today to talk a little bit about motivation. And when we say motivation today, we don't mean like, why do we get out of bed every day? It's not that kind of goal-driven motivation, but more about what underlies what we want to do in life. What do we want to have our life look like? And a lot of us who especially come from the culture of living in the United States immediately think about career or goals or how much money we have when we talk about this kind of topic. But we really want to dig beyond that and talk about wanting more for our life beyond career. And not that career is a bad thing. It's obviously a very important thing for most of us. But how do we have the life we want beyond just what is our job and how much money do we make? Yeah. And even kind of like taking it to a a much deeper level and, you know, asking like, okay, what's the deeper motivation behind why we do the things we do? Like the instinctive responses or reactions that we have that come from conditioning that come from unresolved trauma, that come from our belief system that was inherited through parents and guardians. So, you know, really, like you were saying, Carrie, beyond the career and the goals, dropping down into that deeper area of the why behind it. I've always been fascinated. And I know you and I talk about this topic a lot of like, man, what is it that makes people do the things they do? And my whole area is, of course, the exploration of how trauma impacts our nervous system and how the nervous system guides us in our actions and even the stories that we create about ourselves and the world around us, leading to a lot of the sense of lack of self-worth, the need for validation, kind of looking outside of ourselves for motivation in order to be received better, right? Yes, exactly. And I think a lot of us, I think most people, probably don't even take the time in their life to ask themselves this question. And so I think a lot of us are being driven or motivated by things on an unconscious level. So we don't even know why we're doing the things or making the decisions that we're making because like you said it could be trauma-based it could be totally subconscious due to conditioning or all Mm -hmm. of the above Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And one thing that I love to ask my clients when I am working on identifying, um, say like values and goals and getting to that deeper level of what's the motivating factor for them is when they respond, I'll ask them, okay, when's the first time you heard someone say that? And a lot of the times it brings us back to like, oh, I remember my mom, you know, said that this was something that was really important, or it just kind of takes you out for a moment. It's like, okay, is this your wording and belief, or is this coming from another source? And learning how to identify like, okay, what's outside of your belief in order to really get clear on what is going to motivate you in these different areas that we're talking about. And that can be super helpful. And I've had some good results with um, just simply asking like, okay, where did that first come from? That, that thought, that belief. I think that's a really powerful exercise for anyone to take when you are working through making a decision or trying to figure out what would be the best next step in life and looking at all of the ideas coming into your head. And then, like you said, take that step deeper and examine where did those ideas come from? Was it something that was cultivated and sparked inside of you? Or Mm -hmm. was it through some sort of conditioning, through family conditioning, caregiver conditioning, society conditioning? I read a book once and I wish I could say the exact quote, but I can't. But the author said that it was like 90 some, I don't know the exact percentage, 90 some percent of our thoughts that we have, what we think are not our own. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I've heard that too. Many different areas, like through books and research. It's wild to really kind of (laughs) grasp that. And I think a lot of it is because like our brains are not made for making decisions and we get so stuck in our brains for like, okay, you know, I should be doing this or I need to do this because, you know, it's going to give me this. And then we get so stuck in just the thinking process and how am I going to make it happen? And we don't take the time to like drop in and ask like, okay, why is this important to me? Like, what is that deeper value or desire or need? Like we have core human needs. And one area with being trauma-informed is that we're always, you know, sharing that someone needs to be seen, heard, feel safe, feel loved and connected to others. So those needs can drive people's motivation in many different areas, good ways and bad ways. Exactly. And like you said, how our mind isn't really the part of us that is meant to be driving most of our decisions, but we as a collective have allowed that to happen because we are so logic-based and our brains are so powerful, but we've lost that disconnect to what feels right for us emotionally, what feels right and good for us in our body. We've lost our connection to these other really powerful areas that can help lead us and motivate us aside from our conditioned thinking mind. Yeah. And a lot of the conditioned thinking and, you know, living on autopilot is very much fear-based because 
we're looking at patterns from the past and whether those patterns led to good things, bad things. And then that's, of course, when we get stuck into our mind is thinking about like, okay, how did this turn out in the past? And maybe I shouldn't do it because it wasn't great. So it's very fear based. And, you know, when in reality, the brain, the, the mind is for inspiration and for creativity but ultimately it is within the wisdom of the body where we can fully like grasp what is right for us by looking at or asking ourselves like okay how does this feel does this feel in line with what i really want am i allowing my conditioning to be too much in play here and that's one thing that i love about the enneagram and human design is these systems can give us so much insight on better understanding these motivating factors, the why behind why we do what we do. So Carrie, could you share a little bit like your thoughts with the Enneagram and that motivation that we're talking about? Yeah, I think for me, it's one of the most impactful parts of learning about the Enneagram and learning about your own type structure because it helps you dig through a lot of the behaviors and the conditioning that you have in order to really get down to the core of why am I making this decision? Why am I behaving this way? Why am I stuck in the same patterns of life when I know it's not the best thing for me? And so once you have that why and you understand that every single person has a core fear and a core desire. Their core fear is what they're trying to avoid in life. So that mm -hmm. can be very motivating. And their core desire is what they are trying to gain or trying to have more of in life, which is also very motivating. And when you know your own, but then also realize that not everyone has the same one as you, it can be mm -hmm. really eye-opening and cultivate our favorite word, compassion, compassion. <laughs> for ourselves and for others. When you realize this, it can be life-changing. It can yes. just put you on a whole new path of awareness in mm -hmm. your life. Yeah. What I loved about our time together when you were doing my Enneagram assessment is that for me growing up as a people pleaser, that was motivation for me to do the things that I did which was put everyone else's needs first to make sure that this happened. So this person was happy and whatever it may be, that was my motivator there because that's why or where I felt safe. So my core need was to feel safe within an environment that led to me being a people pleaser because my nervous system said, Hey, let's make sure everyone else is okay. And then you will be okay in turn. And so learning about my little bit of the way I may have held on to conditioning through understanding the Enneagram was so incredibly, like you said, eye-opening for me. And it just allowed me to be like, okay, you know what? That's the more awareness you have about it, then the more choice you have exactly. to change that, to correct that. And it just, it felt empowering to me. Exactly. Yeah. The awareness is key because once you're aware of it, you can make the decision. Do I want to continue 
doing it this way, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it shows you there are other choices too. And once you become aware of all the choices, then you take control of your life mm -hmm. and the path that you are on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And from a human design aspect, what I love about that is because human design is showing us more of the truth of who we are, our authentic self, the person we were born to be before all of the conditioning and fear set in to tell us who we needed to be. And with human design, one of the areas is the openness within the chart. So the centers, which kind of look like the chakra system, when you look at your chart, the open centers are where we can sometimes hold on to more conditioning because we do not have consistent access to the energy in these centers. We get it from outside of ourselves. We get it from our environment, the planetary transits, but outside of ourselves, and that's other people's conditioning and other people, just their vibration. So those open centers will sometimes tell us where we might be holding on to conditioned behaviors and beliefs so that we then have the awareness to consciously choose because it's all about choice in the matter. Once you know what's going on, we all have all of the chart, even though it's not consistent in openness, you still have it. And you actually not only absorb it, but amplify. So if you're around someone who's really heavily conditioned and you're pulling that in, you're amplifying that. So one of the, the big things that I love about human design is it can guide you in identifying, you know, where that may be stored and give you that awareness of, okay, what do I want to choose? Because it's a spectrum, just like in the Enneagram, like you mentioned, you have that high frequency and the low frequency. And so on that spectrum, you get to kind of choose where you want to be. And we're never 100% on the high end fluctuation happens, but it's, it's interesting. It's awesome that we have choice in both of these systems that we're specifically talking about when it comes to understanding your motivation behind why you do the things you do. Yeah. I think both systems just give each of us even more information with which to understand ourselves and our conditioning. Like you said, it was really eye-opening to me when I learned about the open centers on my human design chart being more susceptible to that conditioned energy from other people. That really made a lot of sense for me. It really spoke to me and aligned with what I knew about myself when I learned that and then learned what each of the centers represented. And it doesn't mean that I'm stuck with that forever. I mean, my centers are mm -hmm. my centers, but I can become aware that maybe I'm more susceptible to conditioning in one center over another and then make sure that I'm more mindful when it comes to, you know, making a decision from that center or seeing how something I heard on the news or in society is impacting me through that mm -hmm. center and really thinking through it and feeling through it. Is this what I want for myself? Is this a belief mm -hmm. I want to hold on to or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And human design is a system that is teaching us how to make decisions from our body and not the mind. And that's why, yeah, with these open centers, this is where you hold great wisdom. 
because you're taking in so much and then you have great choice in it as well. But it really comes down to just better understanding how we are conditioned, how unresolved trauma, whether it's something hugely impactful or something minor that greatly impacted your nervous system. Both areas are extremely important to understand because again, nervous system, the body, not just the brain guides the stories and beliefs that you have about yourself and the world around you. And it really, when you kind of look at everything as a whole, it's all about what is your body telling you that your brain is trying to process, but struggles with because it's a meaning making machine and fear coming from it then starts to really throw us off track. And it's constant work. I mean, I'm still always working on it. And I know you and I both carry, we share about the, the work that we're doing within our own motivation and why we're doing the things we're doing. The work is constantly being done, but also being aware that those times of feeling levels of lower motivation or just lower drive because of whatever feeling or whatever thing you're going through, that's the time that it can be the hardest to remember mm -hmm. all of these things about, oh, I'm just going to work through my conditioning and I'm going to become yeah. more aware. But just remembering that nothing is permanent. And even those times of lower motivation or, you know, wanting to move forward in some way in your life, there are really important things happening during that time that our brain can't always understand, but it's usually the wisdom of our body knowing that we need to slow down. We need to take this time to not be driving, to not be pushing forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And looking at, you know, if it's fatigue that's coming up, listening to that, if it's uh, heightened emotions, like out of the blue, listening to that, because these are all those signposts for us to better understand the wisdom that comes from our body, the language of our body to connect with also understanding why we're doing certain things. And if you find yourself doing something or having done something, you're like, man, that just didn't feel right. That didn't feel good. That's okay. It's okay. Because that now became something that came into your awareness of it not being who you want to be or an action that you want to take action on. And then you can look at it a little differently. And this is how we learn who we want to be and who we don't want to be and having compassion for that, because these are going to be our teacher, these lessons, these things that come up for us that are emotionally uncomfortable or just don't sit right inside of us, those are the teachers that we need to be looking at to better understand what we really want to be guiding our lives with the things that we're doing and why we're doing them. Yeah. And I think that living in the society we live in, it can be hard to allow for those times of downtime, of rest, not pushing and just allowing life to be because we're taught from a very young age that that is unproductive and our value is equated to our productivity and there's no value in that. And I think that is one of the hardest things, yet mm -hmm. one of the most important lessons for each one of us to learn is 
to be okay with just allowing life to be as it is. We don't always have to be shifting it and changing it and pushing forward and doing the next thing. It's okay to just allow ourselves to be where we're at and be completely okay with that. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.